0: I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour.
1: The Victorious
2: During the year of 1920, it was my duty to visit Catholic schools in southern England on behalf of our congregation to foster vocations among boys who might be interested in carrying on our work. Folkestone, a town on the Straits of Dover, was one of my assignments. After an introduction by Mother St. Ambrose, I spoke to the students. The full name of the congregation is the Institute of the Brothers of the Christian Schools. But it's simpler to call us the Christian Brothers. We are dedicated to teaching students of all races in all parts of the world. The vocation of brother is something quite special and one of the most important and necessary functions of the church. It shouldn't be regarded as second best to the priesthood. Brother and priest are dedicated to the same purpose, to lead people to Christ, and one way to do that is by Christian education. I invite any boy who is interested in teaching as a vocation to meet with me after this session.
3: you make out, Brother Lucian?
2: It's too early to say, Brother Director. At Folkestone and Dover, several boys expressed an interest in what I had to say.
3: Mm, Folkestone, eh? I know some of the instructors there. A good school. Oh, Mother St. Ambrose, asked to be remembered. <laughs> I write to her. She's a fine teacher and a very wise sister. I hope so. Oh, no, why do you say that?
2: She persuaded me to encourage a boy in whom I hadn't much confidence as a likely candidate.
3: Yes, mother St. Ambrose can be very persuasive.
2: She insisted that in spite of his poor grades and his fondness for sports rather than study, that he had a true love of God. Mm. So to please her, I looked into the records and visited the boy's mother, Mrs. Burke. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you find out? She has two boys. This, Alexander, who's a poor scholar. And another, John, who's at the top of his class. And why didn't you encourage John? He was aiming for the priesthood. But since the death of the father, he'll have to support the mother. Oh, I see. She'd like to see both boys in the church. feels that their lives were spared for that purpose. Ah, how so? In 1917, the father, who owned a shoe store, sent the two boys on errands. Uh Seconds later, there was an air raid... The shop
3: was destroyed.
2: Over a hundred people in the immediate vicinity were killed.
3: Oh, and the mother regards this as the sign they were spared by divine providence. She
2: does. Ah. The family was reared in a true Catholic atmosphere. Every morning, the boys walked a mile to mass. They were always present at benediction.
3: Well, I'd say the background is excellent.
2: So I had another talk with Alexander... He was filled with the desire to teach unbelievers. and was ready to start off to faraway places at once. <laughs> I told him to stay in school, study hard, and write me a letter. Each month for a year, and then I'd talk to him again. Uh,
3: good, good. <laughs> you should know by the end of the year whether he has a vocation. Uh,
2: perhaps I'll know sooner. I have a feeling I'll be lucky to get three letters. <laughs> I was wrong about Alexander, quite wrong. For at the end of each month, without fail, I received a letter from Alexander. And all were self-revealing as he tested himself for the depth of his belief. And it was evident that what may have been youthful enthusiasm or impulse had developed into purposeful conviction. I was now convinced of his vocation and made arrangements for him to enter our junior novitiate on the Isle of Guernsey. He was there for two years, and then left for the novitiate at Dover, where he took the habit, and the name of Brother Edmund. Brother Lucian! I didn't know you were here. I made a special trip for this. Congratulations, Brother Edmund. Oh, thank you, Brother
4: Lucian. I'll bet when you first met me, you never expected to see me in this habit. Uh, Frankly, I wasn't too sure. But your letters convinced me. (laughs) Well, my brother's more surprised than anyone. That day I came home and said I was going to be a brother. He laughed and reminded me six months before i had said I was going to be a sailor.
2: With our schools scattered all over the world, perhaps you can be both. (laughs) Well, that's just what I told him. (laughs) When I'm ready,
4: I'll ask for a mission to the Far East.
2: (laughs) Tell me. When do you think a brother's ready to teach young people? When he's
4: achieved his own sanctification. Only then, I feel, is he spiritually
2: equipped to give to others. They also need courage, not just the starting kind, but that which keeps on, regardless of disappointments and frustrations. The courage to finish what one begins. Such a person is truly victorious the courage to finish
4: what one begins. I shall keep that in mind, Brother Lucian. And I'll always thank the Lord for your visit to Folkestone. Brother Lucian, you opened the door to life for me.
2: At the end of the year, he took his vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and volunteered for a Far East mission at Malacca, and began his vocation as a pupil teacher. From there he moved on to the Philippines where he taught at De La Salle College. Wanting to advance his training, he asked for and received permission to go to Hong Kong for his educational degree. On his return, he was entrusted with the task of preparing the two top classes for the university. He was completely absorbed in his students and had several projects in mind when the brother visitor from Penang came to inspect the school. On leaving, he issued an order which upset Brother Ledman.
4: Can't understand it. It doesn't make sense. i go to Hong Kong for my educational degree. I took all those courses. I return to Manila with new ideas for the benefit of the students. I no sooner developed them to where things are running smoothly when along comes the brother visitor, makes a hurried inspection, and leaves issuing a decree, I'm to
1: go to Hong Kong. What reason could he have had? Well, maybe...
4: Maybe brother visitor thinks I should have spent more time with... With the students, instead of studying for my degree.
1: Surely he realizes the more one knows about the educational process, the better equipped one is to teach. you'd think so, but in the novitiate, I I could contend with things I thought
4: stupid or insane if Brother Edmund, if such were God's will. But I'm no longer in the novitiate. And let me tell you, the realities are, are far different from that perfect setting. And my feelings and and aspirations must be taken into consideration. Well, what are you to do? Well, right now I'm I'm too dazed to do anything, and I'm so angry I, I wouldn't
1: risk talking to Brother Director. He couldn't do anything about it. The order came from Brother Visitor. Perhaps they're in urgent need of teachers in Hong Kong. The De La Salle School. I, I'd heard of it when I was there, you know. One has to teach
4: several subjects and a lot of undisciplined rabble rousers. You'll have to go. You can't disobey. So what's one to do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the director, the bishop, the pope, if necessary. Oh. I'm going to walk into the director's office without so much as knocking. And I'll say to him, I'll say, Brother Director!
1: Yes? Yes, Brother Edmund. What will you say? And how far is it to the director's office? How far? Oh, about 50 paces.
4: Fifty paces. By the time I reach the office, I'll be half as angry as I am now. Of course, he'll be busy and can't see me at once, so I'll cool my heels in his outer office. So there's no telling what I'll say when I finally do see him. But he'll
1: be expecting you to say something. Won't, oh, no, of course, yes, yes, of course, yes. And I'll
4: say, Brother Director, mind not to reason why, Mine but to do and die. When shall I leave for Hong
2: Kong? I kept in close touch with Brother Edmund, not only by correspondence, but by visiting his mother and his brother, Father John, from time to time. I could sense a deepening of his spirituality and a profound awareness of his vocation, now tested by disappointments and frustrations. He had now been in the Far East for 12 years, and wrote he was coming home on leave, and to take his second novitiate in Rome. Oh, it's good to be
4: home, Brother Lucian. I can't tell you how good. Even Rome, with... All its beauty and religious tradition couldn't stifle my longing for England. You not consider, then,
2: returning to Burma? Oh, I no longer have the sailor's love for foreign lands, no. The superiors wish you to take over the school in Rangoon? Oh, no. Well, tell them I get seasick even at the sight of a ship. It's an excellent assignment, St Pauls with 3,000 students with high educational standards?
4: I'd prefer a little school
2: in the poorest parish in Kent. The superiors will not order you to go, but they do want someone with Far East experience. I've had enough to last a lifetime. We'll give it some thought, Brother Edmund, before you make a definite decision. Yes, of course. I assume you're paying a visit to your brother, and we'll talk it over with him? Oh, I know what he'll say. He'll...
4: He'll tell me to submerge my personal desires and comfort for most of the time they're contrary to the will of God. And he'll be right. Hmm.
2: Then I may tell the superiors you will go to Rangoon? When the request comes, I'll be ready. The Second World War broke out when Brother Edmund had been in Rangoon about a year. Correspondence was now infrequent and he suffered anxiety because of his loved ones and he tried to cheer them with his characteristic amusing letters while at the same time preparing them for possible outbreak of war in the Far East.
4: There can be little doubt but that the Japanese are preparing to attack. When it will first come is anybody's guess. But Burma is important to the Japanese, and sooner or later they'll invade. I'm now at St. Patrick's School at Moulmen, about 100 miles across the bay from Rangoon. (laughs) Pity some kipling today doesn't write on the Burma road. Might go something like this. On the Burma Road today, where the aeroplanes do play, can't you hear the bombs are crashing from Chongqing to Mandalay?
3: Honolulu, December 7th. This morning, at dawn, His Imperial Majesty's Air Force attacked the United States Naval Forces at Pearl Harbor and completely destroyed it. I repeat... The United States Navy is destroyed as an effective fighting unit. Brother Edmund. Brother Edmund. Yes, yes,
1: Brother Edmund. Less than a dozen students have reported for classes. The British troops are withdrawing to the Indian frontier. Hundreds of families are getting ready to evacuate. Brother Director has ordered the school closed. You're directed to take the community, except those who are selected to remain, to John's village.
4: Well, who remains?
1: Three brothers will remain to help at the hospital.
4: I prefer to remain, Brother Andrew.
1: Your preference was anticipated. But you're directed to go to John's village and keep the community going as best you can till the war's over. Very well. Tell Brother Director I'll carry out his directions. Until the war's over. We may all be under Japanese orders by then.
3: Yo, come here. You are Brother Edmund Burke? Are you in charge?
4: I am, Major.
3: You are English?
4: No. I'm Irish. Ireland's not at war with Japan.
3: Where do you have English passports?
4: I was trained in England and sailed from there. Naturally, I had to have a British passport.
3: Uh, what's uh, this
4: place, this John's village? It was founded in 1921 by Brother John. It provides for homeless boys.
3: Uh, Japan does not wage war against children. You will be permitted to carry on, but you are under house arrest. You are not to leave without written permission, and any hostile act will be punishable by death. Do you understand?
4: I understand, Major. There will be no trouble.
3: You were cut off from the British. How will you maintain yourself?
4: The village has supported itself by its rubber plantation.
3: There's no outlet for your rubber now.
4: Well, perhaps your nation can use it.
3: (laughs) We have rubber to burn. It has
4: been our only source of income. I, I don't know what we'll do.
3: That's your problem. And remember, I hold you personally responsible if there's any hostile act.
4: What's that awful odor, Brother Andrew?
1: Mm? Oh, it's rubber. I'm burning rubber.
4: Burning rubber? What for?
1: To find a new source of income. Come back to the lab this afternoon to witness the final test. In uh, this bowl is the liquid I've extracted.
4: Yes, it's the color of scotch whiskey, but
1: uh, it smells horrible. (laughs) Like
4: burnt rubber.
1: Precisely what it is. Well,
4: we can't pass it off as whiskey, so what good is it?
1: Wait. I fill this lamp. Mm, Mm Thus. Now, if it burns, we're in business. What kind of business? Fuel oil. Brother Edmund, you may have the honor of lighting the wick.
4: And what if it explodes?
1: Then we're in the munitions business. Well, here goes. It burns. Burns like
4: kerosene.
1: That's just about what it is. Kerosene and rubber are composed of a variety of carbohydrates. I burnt the rubber and got the liquid. Well, we've tons of rubber.
4: Can you manufacture this on a commercial scale, Brother Andrew? Yes. And there's a
1: scarcity of
4: fuel oil. I'll tell Brother Claude to gather the boys. To tell half of them to cut rubber from the sheds. The other half to gather firewood.
2: In the course of time, a factory was established. And the community carried on. Not only in supporting itself, but in teaching boys. Almost as in normal times. Then the war ended in 1945, and Burma was again under British rule. Brother Edmund, suffering from the effects of exhaustion, malnutrition, and dysentery, was sent home for rehabilitation. He wished to remain permanently in England, but when his superiors requested him to return to Burma, he sacrificed his personal desire and returned in 1950 this time as director of St. Albert's School in a small town in the hills 40 miles from Rangoon. Then he was made director of St. Paul's at Rangoon. By now, Burma had been granted independence.
1: Me through the window. I saw
4: that crowd in the outer office and I decided to come in this way.
1: Mm. What do they want? The usual. Their sons entered in the school regardless of their qualifications. Look what I received in the morning mail. All this money. Mm. Bribes. They're all bribes. To make an exception and enter the son of some priest or bond. Well,
4: send it back.
1: Well, I've already written the letters of refusal, but you had better check through them. There are some people we can't afford to refuse. They can make trouble.
4: Well, I either have to cut down the enrollment or lower the standards of admittance. And that means lowering our standard of instruction. As you know, our superiors in Rome have agreed to let me eliminate the unfit.
1: I wonder if they realize the danger you run. You're not going to be very popular.
4: Well, I'm going to be even less popular. Now, here's a list of 78 names. You'll notify the boys and the parents that they're to be dismissed at once.
1: 78? Brother Edmund, this means trouble. Some of the names on this list are sons of government officials. But they must go. But
4: when questioned,
1: they actually boasted that they
4: believed neither in Christ nor his church.
1: They're only out for what they can get. I'm worried. There have been threats made against you for not admitting some. Now who knows what will happen with these dismissals. No, oh, I have that all the time. When it's not bribes, it's threats. Oh, have you seen that young man? He's um, about 18 years old. Oh? He's... well, he's in your office. Hmm. He's in there right now. I asked him what he wanted, and he said he had a present for you. I didn't like the way he was hanging about... He's dressed as a, as a Moslem in white with a black pheasant on his head. Oh, yes,
4: yes, yes, I know him. He's a Eurasian. He was baptized a Catholic, but he married a Muslim. He's a thief and a liar, and, a, ah. and I, I, I once turned him out. Tell him to leave. Fine.
1: Oh, I've had word from the university the examination results will be published in the evening edition of the paper. Mm, yes, we've
4: made out very well. First and second place at Rangoon University and a large number of scholarships. It'll bring a swarm of parents with outrageous demands for their sons.
1: Brother Edmund, you do look very tired. You should go away for a few days and rest. Later, perhaps. I'm to escort Brother Michael to the airport. The plane
4: doesn't leave until 3 a.m. When I return, I'll sleep in the guest room on the second floor of the right wing. That's rather isolated. So much the better. No one will find me there, and it's much cooler than my bedroom. I don't appear at breakfast. It means I'm sleeping.
1: There are two beds in the guest room. One of the brothers could stay with
4: you. No, no, there's no need, and besides, I snore. That is, I think I do. Now, take care of those dismissals, and I'll see you tomorrow. Ooh. there hmm? who's who's in here who's in this room who's there brother Claude brother Andrew is that you brother brother
2: his body gashed by 60 wounds. His assassin, still in his blood-stained garments, was arrested and admitted the crime. He said he had murdered Edmund because he had been expelled from St. Paul's. Brother Edmund had made enemies, no doubt. But there were thousands who loved him all day befiled by his coffin and recited the De Profundis. Five years before his death he had written an article which reveals his own unshakable fortitude.
4: The saints had two kinds of courage. The kind that starts and the kind that keeps on. The race of saints has not died out. There are still souls who dare greatly for Christ's sake. Heroism on the field of battle is of the first type, the courage which starts and does one brave action. And then there is also the courage which continues. Every time you see a young boy or girl renouncing the world and giving their young lives to God, think that courage did not die with the saints, but that it is in action before your eyes.